There are people out there that have no thought of God daily in their hearts. They just have no thought of God. We are becoming more and more a pagan nation apart from God than we have ever been before. So sometimes our method of evangelism may have to step it back to the point of presenting that there is a God, that God created the heavens and the earth and everything that we see and even those things that we don't see. Welcome to The Cleansing Word. We invite you to stay with us as Pastor John Pinnell of Calvary Chapel Lake Villa takes us through a verse-by-verse study from God's Word. Each Monday through Friday, we'll be airing messages to encourage you in your faith that you might grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope that you enjoy this broadcast and I'll return at the close of this teaching to give you more information about our church and how you can obtain a copy of this message. Now here's Pastor John with today's message from God's Word. Right as you find your seats, you can open up your Bibles to Romans chapter 3. Got to back up to verse 19. We looked at this last week a little bit, but we're going to take it from verses 19 through the end of the chapter, verse 31, Romans 3. I titled this Justified by Faith. We've been working our way to this uh, climax thus far in the epistle of Romans because Paul has been conducting himself as a prosecuting attorney indicting an unbelieving world by, in chapter 1, revealing 24 evidences of their depravity. And then in chapter 2, he made his net bigger to include both the moral Gentile and also the unbelieving Jewish brethren. And then in anticipation of some of the arguments that might arise from chapters 1 and 2, especially from his Jewish brethren, as we came into chapter 3, we find that Paul presented a question-and-answer dialogue in verses 1 through 9, and then he quoted from eight Old Testament passages, beginning in verse 10 down through 18, to kind of seal the deal on the argument. I think it's good, and I mentioned this last week, to use the Word of God when we are sharing with others, because The Word of God has the final authority. We have opinions, but it's the Word of God that has the final authority on these things. And he's talking about and showing it in the Word of God with that final authority. He's really leading up to Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So he's wanting to show that whether they are just pagan, without God whatsoever, a moral Gentile, or... Uh, unbelieving Jew. They could be some of these pretty decent people from our perspective. But all in all, we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And that's the argument that 
Paul has presented here thus far in chapters 1 through 3. We're going to continue on in that in verse 19 today. And we're going to look at a message entitled Justified by Faith in Romans 3, verses 19 through 31. And I divided it into three sections. The purpose of the law, verses 19 and 20. Righteousness apart from the law, verses 21 through 26. And justified apart from the deeds of the law, verses 27 through 31. The purpose of the law, verses 19 and 20. Romans 3, verse 19. Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. Father, we thank you for your word. And I pray, Lord, that you would give us today teachable spirits. Lord, help us to hear what the Spirit is saying to your church today. Help us, Lord, to have lives, Lord, that are willing to walk in obedience to you. And Father, help us to have the faith that it takes to stand in your truth. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. So Paul, presenting the purpose of the law in verse 19, he says, Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. And while Paul is speaking to his Jewish brethren about the law, he included himself first and foremost. He says, now we know. And so he's pulling himself into this argument. He's not saying, now I know. He's talking to his Jewish brethren. They have an understanding of these things. And he included himself in the argument at this point. Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law. You know, it is uh, being a citizen of the United States. We have laws in the United States, a lot of them. And one time I had heard, and I've mentioned this before from the pulpit, that every day we commit at least three felonies because there's so many laws out there. It's just we're all doing things we didn't know we shouldn't be doing. The law is there to present the evidence of the breaking of it. And so God gave the law to the Jews, and the Jews were under the law. They accepted the covenant of God's law there at Mount Sinai. But he extends it beyond that, that all the world may become guilty before God. God did not give the law in order that the Jews might achieve righteousness, but to reveal their unrighteousness. And moreover, whether Jew or Gentile, all the world becomes guilty before God. The law then doesn't bring about our justification, but rather brings about the knowledge of sin. It helps us to understand if we think about here in the United States, if we are, in fact, each one of us committing three felonies each day of our life that we live, it wouldn't be until maybe some of us would know what we're committing. Others might need to be shown the law. Show me the law. Show me where I'm breaking the law. And once you see the law, then you understand that you have become a lawbreaker. And that's what the Word of God has done for the Jewish people, but for the whole world. It has presented God's standard, but the standard that he presented was not the means by which salvation could be obtained. And Paul will 
in this chapter and pick it up in chapter 4 as well, present that the way to God has always been the way of faith and not through the keeping of the law. Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Galatians 3.22, but the scripture has confined all under sin that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to all who believe. And so scripture has confined all of us under sin. And it's one of the reasons we, in our memory verse, for the next few months, we're going to be going through these verses connecting to the Romans road. And we've already seen in Romans 1, 16, Paul declaring that I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Gentiles. And then our memory verse this month, that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23. We're going to take you through uh, God's word, which some have uh, used this as a point of evangelism to reveal to others their need for Jesus. Sometimes we have to present that awareness to people. There are people out there that have no thought of God daily in their hearts. They just have no thought of God. We are becoming more and more a pagan nation apart from God than we have ever been before. So sometimes our method of evangelism may have to step it back to the point of presenting that there is a God, that God created the heavens and the earth and everything that we see in them and around us today, and even those things that we don't see. With the law, there is the knowledge of sin. In verse 20, therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. One of the constant dangers that the apostles fought against, Paul, one of them, in the early church was the Judaization of the church, the Judaizers. These were Jewish believers. Some would question whether they were true believers in Jesus Christ or not. But they were believers in Jesus Christ that held to the law of Judaism. And they taught the Gentiles that in order for them to be truly saved, that they needed to follow the ways of Judaism combined with faith. And so it was works plus faith. It was works in keeping the Jewish customs and laws and traditions, plus faith in Jesus Christ. We find that Paul would write against this, fight against this. The Judaizers taught the Gentiles that all males needed to be circumcised, that there needed to be that cutting away of the flesh. There was the Mosaic law that was presented before them. In other words, it was a matter of combining Judaism with faith in Jesus Christ. And the Judaizers, you know, they're not really a great danger in our church today. We could have that issue, but we really don't. But I think the spirit of the Judaizers is alive and well in many churches today. It would be those, a great variety of churches that promote works-based salvation within our churches today. Yet the word of God presents to us the law of God, but also Paul would later write in Galatians 3.24, therefore the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. The purpose of the law 
was to point us to Christ, that we might find justification through faith in Jesus Christ. And so the purpose of the law to reveal our need for Jesus, first and foremost. Second, we find righteousness apart from the law, verses 21 through 26. I'll read the context for us. Picking up Romans 3, verse 21. But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. For there is no difference for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth to be a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because of his forbearance, God had passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. So we find righteousness apart from the law. To the Jews, they always felt that righteousness was by way of the law. And Paul even felt that for a majority of his life until there on the road to Damascus, the Lord appeared before him and he learned that uh, the works of the law did not produce the righteousness that he sought after. But righteousness comes through faith. So verses 21 through 23, we've seen that righteousness is through faith. Now righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed being witnessed by the law and the prophets. That faith has always been the way to God, whether having the law or not. Next week, we'll look at this a little deeper, but I began to dig into it just a little bit this week for us. But in Romans 4, verses 2 and 3, Paul would write, For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does Scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now, we go back to that statement. We find it. We'll plow this a little harder next week. But that quote that Paul inserted in chapter 4, verse 3, Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. It comes from Genesis 15, 5 and 6. It was at a time when Abraham had just, through battle, delivered his nephew Lot that had been captured in war. And he had refused the tribute of great wealth that would have come from the kings of the land that he also delivered uh, their people as well. And they offered him, just give us our people. You can keep the, the bounty or the booty of this warfare. And Abraham denied it and said, no, I don't want anyone here to say that uh, perhaps this kingdom has made me rich. So he denied all that. And then in chapter 15, we find the Lord coming to Abraham saying that I am your exceeding great reward. And Abraham speaking to the Lord saying, and we find in the next chapter in Genesis 16 that he had been in the land for 10 years. And so he's right around there, right before 10 years in the land. And he said, you have promised me a descendant. And yet 
the one who's going to inherit my wealth is my chief slave within my household. And so the Lord brought him out in Genesis 15, 5. And he said, look up toward the heaven and count the stars if you're able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. And then Genesis 15, 6. And he believed the Lord and it was accounted to him for righteousness. All Abraham had to do was look up at the night sky and probably a better night sky than we see around here with all the... Uh, pollution and fog and smog and lights from the city that tend to wipe out the beauty of the night skies, even though at times they can be very beautiful. He probably saw a much greater view that night than what we could see today. And yet the words that the Lord gave to Abraham there, until the law, it was about 420 years later, Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness, but the law of God would not be presented to the nation of Israel until the time of Moses, about 420 years later. And so everyone from Abraham until the law was given, their way to God was through faith. And everyone prior to Abraham from Adam and Eve until Abraham, their way to God was through faith. It was always through faith that we come to Jesus Christ. So the law being a tutor to point us to the Lord and our need for Jesus. God's plan of salvation has been revealed now through the coming of Jesus. Also, we notice that it was witnessed in the law and the prophets that the Lord Jesus and the law itself and his coming being witnessed in the law and the prophets. One of the prophets would be Deuteronomy eighteen fifteen and verse 18. Moses saying, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren. Him you shall hear. Deuteronomy eighteen eighteen. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among the brethren. And I will put my words in his mouth and he shall speak to them all that I command him. It was witnessed in the law and the prophets. And when Jesus came in John's gospel, they actually asked Jesus, are you the prophet? They asked John the Baptist, are you the prophet? Are you the one that Moses prophesied saying that he would come? Because it was witnessed in God's word, in the law and the prophets. The law itself would be found there with Moses and then the prophets, Isaiah 7, 14, we're just coming through Christmas, a month plus now. But still, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. These things, uh, they say of Jesus' first coming that there are 330 prophecies concerning his first coming that were fulfilled at his first coming from the Old Testament. And they say that another 500 plus needing to be fulfilled at the Lord's second coming. These things have been witnessed in God's word there in the Old Testament from the law and the prophets. And then Paul says, for there is no difference whether Jew or Gentile, since all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, the way to the righteousness of God is through faith in Jesus Christ. 
and it comes to all who believe on him. The way to the Lord is through faith. And we have people today that realize that there's something missing in their life. We have people today that realize that there is a need in their life and they try to uh, buy books or seminars or uh, listen to YouTube teachings to encourage them in their their walk to improve themselves, to better themselves. And man will seek a lot of things, but they'll seek a lot of things in vain if they do not seek the one who has created us, through whom we must come to the Father through faith. Today, faith is in Jesus, and he is the way to God. It's always been so. As believers in the Old Testament look forward to the Messiah's coming, we today look back to the work of Jesus, what he did on the cross, his death, burial, and resurrection. But we also look forward to the Lord coming again. And so we find that righteousness is through faith in verses 24 through 26, that we are justified by grace, being justified freely by his grace through redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Our justification comes by grace. And I know you know the acronym God's riches at Christ's expense. The grace of God that he has bestowed upon the whole world that he sent his only begotten son. That we are justified. A word that could mean that just as if we have never sinned, we come into a walk and a relationship with the Lord. That we have redemption. It's a Greek word that speaks about being freed by ransom. Another way that you could translate that word redemption is paid in full. I like that. You know, it's always good when for the majority of our lives, since 1985 was the first time we took out a, a car loan, Lily and I, at 25 years old. I think it was the first time rental companies would let me drive a car because I was 25 at that time. So it was the first time we bought a new car, needed a loan. We paid way too much for the interest. I think it was like 18.5%. It was way too much. It was a cheap car. So I could afford the interest on the loan itself. But nothing better when you have the paid in full, when it's paid off and it's finally yours. Quite often, by the time you get around to that, it's time to buy a new one and you've got to start all over again. But it feels good for a little while. Well, you have that paid in full. This is that Greek word that is found here, redemption, freed by ransom, paid in full. Jesus said in Matthew 20, 28, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. It's the Lord Jesus Christ who has paid the debt that we could not pay. And it's stamped paid in full, but it's stamped with the blood of Jesus Christ. It's through his blood, his covering, that word propitiation that is found here in verse 25, whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, God has passed over the sins that were previously committed. Propitiation it is a Greek word that means to appease, to make atonement. Pastor Chuck used to break that word down, atonement, and say at one-ment. We're at one with God. 
because of the work of Jesus Christ. Father, thank you for your word that you have taught us this day. And I pray, Lord, that, Father, maybe there was a time when we came and we received Jesus as our Savior. But over the passage of time, Lord, we've been striving through the works of the law to perfect our salvation. Lord, maybe you just want to remind us today that we can't perfect what is already perfect. Lord, that you have made the path of salvation through Jesus Christ. And it's us by faith that we are saved. So, Father, today maybe it's just a reminder of your great grace that you've paid through the sending of your Son, Jesus, and the debt that you paid on the cross, that we might, through faith in you and your work, know that we are saved, and that we walk now redeemed of the Lord, justified just as if we have never sinned, and we walk in faith as you're redeemed this day, Lord. Direct us even now, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Calvary Chapel is a fellowship of believers in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Our greatest desire is to know Christ and to be conformed into His image by the power of His Holy Spirit. If you would like more information about Calvary Chapel, or if you would like a copy of today's message, please contact us at 847-265-0646. That's 847-265-0646. Thank you so much for joining us today, and may the Lord richly bless you as you worship Him today. Let go.